I'm back from Awesome Games Done Quick 2024, and I'll talk about the speedruns I hosted and the event itself. Tonight is January 21st, 2024, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say, even uh, if... Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what, what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore, what would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. Hooray! Hooray! That's the new meme for this year. Hello, everybody. And welcome to a, uh, a hooray edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming history, but not tonight. Neither of those things tonight. Uh, my name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. This uh, We do tape this podcast each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, almost each and every Sunday night, over at the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash VOG Network. Uh, but uh, we also have a Discord server. If you can't be here on Sunday nights and you're listening to us on the podcast, you can get that at vognetwork.com slash discord uh and that's how you can get the invite to that so uh just in case we've got some people that maybe have uh, come in because of agdq uh let me tell you a little bit about myself something i'm actually not i don't do on games done quick events um and uh, if you don't know what gdq is uh and you listen to my show you will you will learn uh tonight exactly what it is uh but i actually uh i am not a speedrunner. Uh, I have actually been a very long-time video game podcaster. I'm talking 2005 is episode one. You notice up here this is episode 877. So I've done 877 of these, uh, each hour, one hour long. Uh, and uh, I started in 2005, so I've been doing it for almost 19 years. And I kind of patterned it after an old AM radio talk show, that type of thing, because that's in 2005 what I was going for. And obviously, like, times have changed, but I, I haven't really adapted to that. Uh, but also, technically, I've been a streamer since 2005 because this uh, this podcast was always recorded live. We just used Shoutcast Internet Radio from 2005 until 2018. Uh, and, uh, we used IRC for the chat, internet relay chat. I had Skype. I had a toll free number, which, uh, funny story. I finally canceled this month. Uh, I had been paying for it, uh, like that number, not the toll free part, but the actual like phone number it went to finally cut that off this, uh, this month. So we didn't renew it for this year. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of kind of been doing things like that. Uh, I also have been fortunate enough to do a lot of convention panel moderating and convention appearances, mostly down here in the Atlanta area where I am based. Uh, so places like Dragon Con and uh, Southern Fried Gaming Expo and more recently DreamHack Atlanta. Uh, so that's what I've been doing uh, with with my online presence. Uh, sometimes I stream games on a personal Twitch channel, but not all that often. So, uh, getting into games done quick was, it's an audition process and I, nobody knew who I was or anything. And I've been able, uh, fortunate enough to be a part of GDQ, uh, in the hosting, uh, side of things since summer of 2020. Um, and, uh, that's how I got there. 
uh, to be hosting on uh, on Games Done Quick. So let's talk about Games Done Quick and a little bit about uh, what happened. So uh, they raised uh, we we raised a little over two point five million. So Awesome Games Done Quick. It's a ch- week long charity marathon about video games. It was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which was very cold. Uh, and, uh, I am convinced it is cold all the time. Now, a Pittsburgh native, uh, who, who kept saying the word yins for whatever reason, uh, said it's not like this all the time. And I do not believe them, but, uh, it was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, downtown Pittsburgh. So if it wasn't bitterly cold and snowing, uh, I probably would have been able to walk around and see more downtown, but I didn't do that because I'm a wuss cause I'm from Atlanta. Uh, so the final total was $2,516,507 for the Prevent Cancer Foundation uh, throughout the week-long marathon. So uh, what I usually do, I've done this a couple of times, is that I've, I shot video. I took B-roll. Uh, I had my video camera out uh, and uh, in, in like an old-school sc- old video camera, a actually 4K handheld camcorder. Uh, in fact, it's right. it's actually right here. This bad boy. So, like, everybody else is, like, using either DSLR cameras or their phones. I'm breaking out the the old Sony, you know, a Sony 4K Handycam because that's how I roll. I was, like, the one person that had that. Everybody else is, like, I'm going to use my phone. Uh, so I take video and I kind of show kind of what the event looks like because we see a lot on the broadcast. And they've even done more on the broadcast that you see at home, more about the event. They show you things about the event. There are photos and stuff. Uh, but, uh, you know, kind of from, from my perspective, uh, what, what goes on uh, there. So that's usually what I kind of roll in the background. I know on the podcast you can't see it. Uh, it it's, it, it, it's fine. I'll, I'll describe what you're seeing. Uh, and, uh, and, and we'll, we'll kind of go through from there. So, um, it snowed. This was, so, uh, this is actually the view out of my hotel window. Uh, and this was on the first day, uh, when I got there. And then, um, uh, so, so yeah, I mean that, that it, there's not that much snow, like you can see the path and stuff. Then like, you know, a couple days later, it actually was like snow flurrying, uh, out my window. And uh, and Breakman asked, "Did you look for a payphone too?" Uh, I did, and I didn't find any. So, uh, and besides, it was also snowing. Why would I go look for a payphone when it was snowing? But when it was earlier, I did ask. I, I did look for a payphone. Getting out and getting food was kind of an adventure, especially for someone like me who doesn't uh, doesn't usually experience this white stuff, the devil's dandruff uh, that uh, that that fell on along uh, GDQ. Uh, in Pittsburgh, which is all going to be gone, and it's going to be like fifty on two, fifty degrees Fahrenheit on Tuesday. So anyway, enough about the weather. Uh, let's look in the stream room. So we were in the grand. Uh, the the stream room is kind of a big ballroom. I think there were like eight hundred chairs set up, which is about half the attendance. Uh, so they could basically fit half of everybody who attend. Uh, bought a registration, which is uh, about sixteen hundred people bought registration. So there were eight hundred chairs. It was never filled. It was never filled. Even for the intro, it wasn't filled. For the finale, it wasn't filled. Uh, and uh, so what I'm showing video now of is actually the pre-show uh, that they had done, and they had filmed it live. And you kind of see how they've got the sets uh, set up. That there, There's basically the entire television production is in that room. So on one side of the ballroom, they've got multiple stages uh, that they can do things, uh, like where they do the prize segments and you know other things with the GDQ background. Then they actually had two runner setups, uh, and this was uh, the, the the big thing. And 
you know, where they could basically set up one run while another one's going. And then as you keep going across, you find all the stuff you would find in a TV truck. And then you would find a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, you'd find like the donation processors, the people, the operators who are standing by in in uh, in, in telethon parlance. What I'm actually showing now is uh, the first time that we saw. Uh, he goes by Cool Matty, but Matt Merkel, who is uh, the director of operations for Games Done Quick. Uh, this is the first time we've seen him in a while, and. That's because he, uh, right before AGDQ last year, uh, he had to go into the hospital because something uh, was was going on, uh, and it's kind. Of, it was kind of, um, it, it was kind of, it was a little jarring seeing him now because I we didn't, I never knew how bad it actually was. So last time I saw Matt, I've never actually met Matt. I've never actually talked to Matt. But the last time I saw Matt, uh, he, uh, you know, was, you know, walking around and, you know, larger person like me. Uh, but uh, essentially he had um, some really bad infections. So uh, he's uh, lost a leg in both hands. And so he's in a wheelchair now. And uh, it was kind of jarring to see. But he was still very much like his mind is obviously all still there. It's not anything like that. Uh, so he was zipping around and, you know, the, the, everything on the stage was wheelchair accessible. Uh, everything backstage was wheelchair accessible uh, so he could get around and do his job. And he pulled it off. Uh, so it's very it, it was kind of jarring to see him. But he I know he really, really appreciated being uh, here with us uh, and being back because it, he spent many, many, many months in the hospital uh, trying to stay alive. Uh, he almost didn't make it. So, uh, so what I'm actually showing here also is because they were the first run, uh, and uh, it's for a game Mike Deft I've never heard of. It's called Tunic. Was the first run. Uh, so I'm actually showing in the video here. This is us going into the first run uh, with, uh, with in the new setup. You can kind of see a little bit. You can see the the the, the runners there. Um, Waiting, uh, I think they were doing some because of the stage setup and getting Matt on and off the stage. Uh, they had to uh, do do some things, but yeah. Now we're starting this game I've never heard of called Tunic. Now, uh, what I wanted to mention is because I did get to talk to these runners. Uh, I got to talk to Radicoon who ran this game, uh, and I want to point out, and I'm actually going to stop the video here. I want to point out there was something they did that was. Damn impressive. So uh, all jokes aside about me not understanding Tunic uh, or not knowing what Tunic is. It's an inside joke on my show. But anyway, the big thing about Tunic, uh, the gameplay uh, kind of twist that it does that nobody else does, is that they made a full NES-style instruction manual in a made-up, like, not language, but but a, a made-up cipher uh, and, and a made-up written language. And you basically, in the game, you got more of these instruction manuals, which told you how to do things. And they wanted to show, uh, and, and there's a lot of speedrun tech now. And what they did is they actually made a new page of the manual uh, in the language that is the Tunic language that described all of their speedrun tech and all their speed strats. And they said, oh, look under your seat. You might find one. And they weren't kidding 
there actually was one of the pages of the manual under my seat. Now you can go to, I think, tunic.run slash GDQ to get this exact same sheet that I am holding up. But they had actually printed out, they said, uh, 250 of these and taped them, uh, folded them just a little bit and taped them underneath uh, many of the chairs. Uh, we're not even sure. Like, there's probably a chance that there's still one or two taped under chairs. Um, so, uh, but uh, yeah, so I actually have a picture of the uh, speedrun tech that is all written in the tunic language. They they wrote it and actually like sent it to somebody who really does know the uh, written language that is used in tunic. And they're like, uh, it's close. Um, it's not exact. Uh, but I thought that was a really cool bit. And one of the things is like GDQ, I don't think they like the inter the interstitial team that does like the daily recaps and stuff. They weren't paying attention. So they didn't know that this happened. So they never called back to this. GDQ never really referenced. Uh, they knew it was going to happen, but they didn't actually watch it happen live uh, because they were all get, coming off the high of the pre-show. Uh, and uh, but I thought this was a really really cool way to get the audience into it because they're like we're not kidding reach under your seat and I did I reached under my seat it wasn't there I reached under the seat next to me it was there they put it under every other seat uh, and so I came home with a piece of the tunic manual uh, and uh, Mike Def says I think people on the tunic subreddit translated it the same day and it was definitely pretty close they did say Radicoon uh, when I talked to him uh, did say. Uh, they they purposely left some of the in, inaccuracies in in terms of the translation uh, because time a time was running out but b they're like eh I mean it'd be cute you know let's see if they find it so I thought that was actually pretty cute so uh, let's continue down our video path here of the event uh, so we're gonna go ahead and keep going with here. So this is just showing the stream room from a different angle. Uh, and uh, Mike uh, Breakman says, I stashed up somebody else's. Nobody was sitting next to me. Um, so the, uh, the in the hotel, which was the Wyndham Grand downtown in Pittsburgh, there were two levels. One level had the stream room uh, and the practice room, the huge uh, open casual room, casual gaming room. Uh, and the downstairs had uh, a panel room and then it had a uh, a board game room, and it had the arcade. So uh, outside, there are two booths. Uh, there were Prevent Cancer Foundation, where you could get information from them, uh, and then the Yeti, which had T-shirts and other memorabilia. This is the open practice, uh, open casual gaming room. Had a lot of TVs, a lot of monitors, PCs, and they had the stream playing. Uh, and then there was an MSX and a Virtual Boy here from Lizstar, because of course. And if, what is the MSX playing? Metal Gear. Of course it is. Uh, but this was a large area. World 9 Gaming provides a lot of the consoles. They left about on Thursday to go to MAGFest. Then on the other side was where tournaments were. Uh, and we'll talk about the tournament area a little bit because uh, there's uh, there's a little bit there. Uh, so there, they did have a small arcade room. Uh, they had 10 pinball machines and a whole bunch of rhythm games. I saw the Adam Adams family was over there. We got Star Trek The Next Generation. There's a Stranger Things. So it's... Arcade, uh, pinball machines from the uh, 80s and 90s, as well as modern ones like uh, Stranger Things and, and some of the modern Stern ones. Uh, but they also had, um, you know, rhythm game favorites. Uh, they had My My and Sound Voltex and U-Beat and uh, Theatre Rhythm, uh, which, uh, you know, I, I don't like the only way you can play it is like at these type of events because they shut down the servers. Uh, but uh, All-Star Carnival was there, and that was the rhythm game I played uh, a lot. 
when I was there. Uh, and uh, they did they did have so, and they had a candy cab for your fighting games and stuff. So this was the only room uh, that uh, this was the only room that masks were required. Now the reason. I've, uh, and, and I've kind of realized why that was. And we've talked in the past about, like, you know, AGDQ didn't have a mass policy. Uh, they still had a vaccine policy. You still had to have uh, a vaccine and one booster uh, to get in. But the masks were only in the arcade. And everybody's like, why just the arcade and not anywhere else? And I, when I got there, it kind of made sense. Uh, the arcade room was the smallest room. Everything else was in a very huge room. Uh, and, uh, it was very well, you know, that you could space out and everything, but the arcade, that was a very enclosed space and people are going to be, uh, kind of doing more strenuous activity because that's where the dance DDR machine was. That's where, you know, all my, my, and you beat and all, all the games where you're going to be actually like doing a workout. That's where it's going to be. So, uh, and I wound up when I realized when I went through this, I did not take my video camera through the board game room, unfortunately. Uh, I think I had meant to do it all, at all times during the week, uh, but I didn't. I never actually did. So uh, I apologize for that. Uh, but they had a board game room. You could actually check out board games. Uh, they had a Cronkinole board, which is, you know, the star. Uh, they also have, like, an actual, like, Mahjong, like, dig- like, I say digital Mahjong table, but it actually is, like, actual Mahjong pieces, but it's, like, a digital way of scoring uh, using, I don't know. I never, I don't know Mahjong, so I didn't try to sit there and play it. Uh, but then they had a whole bunch of other board games, social deduction games, card games. There was some Magic the Gathering going on and stuff like that. So let's talk about some of the runs, the some of the speed runs that I wasn't a part of. And uh, this one is obviously the one that everybody knows. Uh, everybody's heard. Uh, this is the dog running, Gyromite. This is Peanut Butter, a Shiba Inu, uh, w- being uh, w- with, with uh, his human, JSR. And essentially using a custom controller uh, running uh, and basically takes the place of Rob the Robot. Now, uh, here's the thing. This would have been a much better run for you to watch at home had had they mic'd the crowd. Because this was a remote run. Because obviously they're not going to make a dog perform like this on stage. But if you could hear the crowd... That would add so much. In fact, I'm actually going to turn up the uh, the sound here. Before we start, I want to introduce my commentator helping me out today. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait until it actually gets to a gameplay portion. But um, the the room was like, I, I'm not going to say full. It was never full all weekend, but it was pretty much half full. Um, and. Uh, you know, if you could have heard that, if they could have overlaid the crowd audio over the remote audio, I think it would have come across way better uh, on the stream than just having JSR going and button and button. So um, let's see if we can get to a point. This was him. This is him trying to start the game. So that's what it sounded like to us, and I think it would have been a better thing. I think she's ready to go. Peanut butter. Ready? Button. Stay. And sit. Stop. So, um, 
Havoc nine seven eight says, uh, you know, or, uh, said said the pe- peanut butter was robbed. Uh, yes, uh, PB uh, would have gotten a PB, maybe even a world record, but uh, the game decided it was going to glitch and screen wrap an enemy that couldn't be avoided, and that uh, essentially ended the run. Uh, it, there was a save state, so we got to see the rest of it. But uh, but yeah, um, it was cu- it was cute, and. Uh, uh, I, I think it was it was a really neat, uh, you know, kind of showcase, and a really neat, you know, it was it was great in getting a mainstream attention because this was the run that like got CNN interested uh, in doing a piece, and they did do a piece on 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 AGDQ. Uh, it got a little more mainstream interest. Uh, this and one of the other kind of quote unquote gimmick runs which might be kind of one of the future things we start seeing in, in GDQ is more of a showcase using non-standard. Here was the actual, yeah, I actually have video of the thing that shouldn't have happened. Uh, that's never happened before. Uh, and, and everybody in the crowd was very, very sad about this. Um, and uh, so essentially what happened in the Gyromite run is an enemy warped to the other side of the screen. Which is not usually supposed to happen. This is us. Really. So, so the dog was sabotaged, unfortunately. Uh, but but it was a very cute run, and and then JSR got on a flight and came, you know, like that afternoon and he was there that night and ran, I think, Castlevania three later on in the week in person uh, without peanut butter. Peanut butter stayed home. Uh, so that was one of the two gimmick runs that that a lot of people really enjoyed. The other one I didn't expect uh, because I, I didn't really see it on the schedule because I think it was a bonus game that was added. But um, it was uh, let's see here. I'm going through here. OK. So, Super Mario 64 being played on a Roland V-Drum drum kit. The first mode is uh, regular mode, and then toggle mode, which... So, he goes through it. So, basically, uh, uh, CZR brought in Roland V-Drums, has the, the MIDI going through and, you know, acting as controller buttons, and then playing... Like, what I fit. I was going to... Now, now this is going to be our next skit. This is going to be And he's actually doing He's not just playing Super Mario 64. He's actually doing the speed run of Super Mario 64. He's actually like and it is it's a decent time of the 16 star any percent. Nice. So uh that one was actually in person so you could actually hear the uh crowd pop off behind him. These were the ones that like got all the mainstream attention, got more eyes on GDQ, got more people to donate, which is really what this is about. Okay, and then uh, the last part of the video that I have is from the finale. So this is like, it gets more delirious. Like the crowd on the finale, uh, when we're trying to hit whatever target, and this was when we were going for 2.5 million, the later it gets, the crowd gets more delirious, and we're doing a countdown during the Final Fantasy V Pixel Remaster. Let's see how it's going. Okay, I'm w- I was waiting to see if they w- things were going to... So, 
essentially, and this was probably the most full the stream room was. And hooray, the meme they were doing, actually, they ran Bluey the video game, and that hooray is actually from Bluey the video game. Uh, but it's always interesting just to see how delirious people get as that tracker number goes up, and we're like, are we going to make $2.5 million? Um, and, uh, you know, and this run, this speed run was cursed. There goes, here goes Mareep. There was, a, they brought out a giant Mareep for prizes and the Mareep went around the stage a couple times. But what happened here, uh, in the run away from this, tw- uh, 2.5 million, what happened is something happened in the run and it threw everything off. So, uh, the job point routing was off because Bartz was dead at the end of an earlier fight, so he did not have the mix ability to raise Creel's levage, uh, level, so Zenonage could deal more damage and outpace Antlion's discord attack having, uh, having level. So the couch proposed using sleep so Antlion couldn't attack it, but it requires black magic level 2, so Bartz had to slop to black mage. This then exposed a pixel mass remaster exclusive bug where Antlion will fully heal on death when put to sleep rather than flee. So they had to wake up Antlion before the final Zenonage would kill it. And it took so long because this was an improv strategy. They were routing on the fly. Uh, it was actually, it was, it was amazing to watch. Uh, but they almost, he almost mercy killed the run. Like he almost just ended the run there because the problem is there's no random encounters in that area of Final Fantasy V. So he couldn't level up Bartz to get the ability that he needed to defeat Antlion. So yeah, Antlion is not a boss that anybody ever dies to, but because he didn't have eight, like he was eight job points short of where he should have been, uh, there, they, they, uh, he, they had to route on the fly to get past it, and they didn't have a safety save at that point. Having 978 says, watching them figure this out in real time was impressive. Yeah, and, and Zick, who was the runner, was, was just, you know, frustrated as all get out. Uh, and, uh, you know, but he had his couch with him. They were, like, looking up game facts. And, oh. This is the countdown to 2.5 million. And you could hear a little bit of this. You could hear a little bit of this uh, when, um, you know, in the background. But it's a little bit different live. Like, we couldn't hear them talking about the run. And they're sitting there trying to play a video game. And now, But everybody back here is standing. It's like 1 in the morning on Saturday night. And we're basically counting down how, how many thousands of dollars we needed until 2.5. And then the euphoric release. Because it skips one and just goes straight to zero. And here comes the... As donations roll in at one in the morning. And then that's the 2.5 million. Here comes the Mareep. He's going to be running across. Who's holding it? Mr. Game and Shout's holding the Mareep, I think. And, uh, oh, nope. There's the Mareep. There goes the Mareep. Bye, Mareep. Terracol says, I was up all night watching this to the end. Yes, no, this was this was a euphoric release right here, what we're watching. So, uh... 
that was the video that I took from Awesome Games Done Quick from the hotel. Um, Breakman says, GameFAQs is long overdue for its Nobel Peace Prize. They have a prevented amending a rage quit. The problem is nobody had actually come across that bug in Pixel Remaster before. They didn't know that's what had happened. Uh, and they were looking on GameFAQs to see if it happened in the original, and it didn't. So uh, that's what happened there. That, that's what happened at, at, uh, at, at GDQ. Um, so uh, what I did at GDQ is I hosted some things. I hosted more than I ever told you I was hosting because I didn't realize I would be hosting some things. So uh, one of the things that you're going to see eventually, and I'll link to it when it happens, uh, is that I was uh, commentating and hosting on something else that Games Done Quick, which only happened because of an uh, unfortunate illness to somebody who was normally running it. And this is called Cuso Grande Live. And... What Cuso Grande is, it's, it's, a, it's a, a, a collection, it's a tournament where you blind play a Kusoge game. And Kusoge uh, kind of loosely, I believe, translates to bad video game. It's a bad game. So uh, Brosentia is the person who kind of heads this up, and Brosentia was going to be there. Unfortunately, he got ill, couldn't actually make it to AGDQ, but he is kind of the face of it, and uh, so he kind of deputized his other game masters that pick bad games to put people through, and uh, they were like, "Hey, do anyone, any of the hosts, um, do any, do any of the hosts wa- uh, of AGDQ want to come commentate?" And I said, "Sure." Uh, so me and uh, one of the other host cartridge blowers actually kind of tag teamed, and because they were running a tournament all week, so they started on Monday with the qualifiers, and then it was like knockout tournaments, a uh, knockout stage. They had sixteen people in a single elimination tournament, each round playing a different bad game, and I was uh, asked to uh, to to commentate it. So uh, I'm going to skip through a couple of pictures here that we'll get to in a second. Uh, but I am actually going to be on the Games Done Quick channel and uh, because they're going to be editing these videos of uh, commentating bad games. Uh, one of the games I was able to commentate on top of was Titanic with an E. It is a Chinese bootleg uh, side-scroller beat-em-up based on uh, the movie Titanic. And um, so uh, there was that, and then uh, there were a couple of other... Uh, games. I actually wound up commentating all of the semifinals and the finals, uh, and they were definitely a thing. So um, you, we get uh, when I, when I when those actually go up, they're going to actually be taken to go e- be edited, put into a nice layout on the Games Done Quick uh, site. Uh, Breakman asked, "Do you play as Jack?" Yes, and Rose. You play as Jack, and then you play as Rose. Uh, it's it's it is it is quite a thing, and it's it's a Chinese bootleg. It's got uh, it's got it's it it has nothing to do with the movie except for the story and the cutscenes in the middle. Like, but then like you're going through like beating up dudes. So uh, so I wound up doing that. So I hosted some Cuso Grande Live. Uh, these are games that nobody should ever be subjected to, uh, but I was subjected to them. So essentially, what happened is we would give people 50 minutes to get as far as the, in the game as they could, and they were racing side by side. How how far can they get? Uh, and we basically, I commentated with the game master who actually knew the na- game and I commentated and we kind of just did kind of a back and forth talking about, uh, the game. So, uh, I worked with Jeff XVX and Seth Highwind, uh, as, as, uh, GMs and commentated the games, the really bad games that they showed. And they're like, when are you going to bring a bad game to us? And I'm like, hang on, I'm not, 
I'm not I'm not there. Uh, Bonds 006 says, hold up. I want to see this game footage uh, about Titanic, especially. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick, because I'm going to because it, it, it is a thing. It is very much a thing. There it is. Titanic. In 1912, there is a noble American girl, Rose. She tried to... Anyway, um, yeah, so this was one of the games that they played, but it is a side-scrolling beat-em-up uh, like that, and um, you, you're you're going through as Jack, and then later you go through as Rose. Uh, we did get a game clear, in fact. Um, I'm going to, to later in the, in, the, in the game here where you're actually as Rose... So, yes, um, it's definitely a thing. So that was one of the games, and you actually, when Cusco Grande Live comes up, you will hear me talk all about that. So uh, the Brickman says the game actually looks interesting. It's it's a bad game. It's a, it's a frust- Really, it's frustrating games. That's what Cusco Grande is. But let's talk about the games that I actually hosted for Awesome Games Done Quick. So uh, I was a host and donation reader. I, was, I had originally... Four, uh, I originally had three games across two shifts. I wound up doing two, three, four, five, six games across three shifts. Unfortunately, um, unfortunately, uh, one of the hosts, uh, other hosts, could not because of travel issues. There was a big blizzard in the Midwest. Uh, couldn't actually get to uh, Pittsburgh in time for their first shift, and it was very unfortunate. Uh, they basically the plane couldn't find the second pilot. And he so he was in the layover city uh, and he couldn't get to Pittsburgh. So he wasn't home and he wasn't in, in his destination. He was trying to his connecting flight uh, didn't make it. So I was called like at 9 p.m. They're like, hey, can you host at 2 a.m. tonight? And I'm like, uh, yes. And let me go to bed. So I hosted for uh, a game called Time Shift. It's a 2000s-era first-person shooter with all the fun 2000s-era first-person shooter. It was run by Shockwave uh, with Amerlin and Church and Sarge on the couch. Uh, all of them are staffers at GDQ. Shockwave and Amerlin are, are directors. Uh, Church and Sarge actually does all the YouTube uploads and everything. And uh, this was—we uh, had some fun. And the reason we got had some fun here is because uh, this had the exact amount of 2 a.m. weirdness you would expect, where— uh, the keybinds, he first had problems with the keybinds. So his keybinds didn't transfer, and so we had to kind of go back to the break screen while he fixed his keybinds. And then he would forget to quick save, so he would quick load and go back and hit. And, and so all the donations were about his quick, uh, about his keybinds. All the donations were about his quick save. Uh, as you can see here, he's going in and being like, what's wrong with my keybinds? Um so, uh, so it was, and it was just, it, it was just, it was a lot of fun. Like we, we made it through it. So, uh, but they, Shockwave and Amarillo are like longtime friends. So they were kind of goofing on each other and stuff. So it was, it was a fun run. It was a nice cozy 2 a.m. Uh, run. And so that, that was a fun one. And then the one after it, uh, was, was Typing of the Dead, uh, being run by Peaches. So, uh, and, and obviously, if you've seen Typing of the Dead, it's basically you're typing really fast to House of the Dead. And so that's what we actually had here. Uh, so uh, they did patch out the, you know, some of the more problematic stuff from a game from the 90s that has problematic things. 
Uh, but uh, no, it was it was it was fun. We had uh, Elisara and Goaded Quest on the couch. Now Elisara didn't say anything. Goaded Quest apparently is a big name uh, streamer themselves uh, him, himself because a lot of the donations were for Goaded Quest uh, and not Peaches. Even though Peaches is run like in like all the GDQs, like Peaches is like GDQ royalty in terms of the games that he's played on GDQ. Uh, so, uh, that was, that was the first night and that was like, I had no preparation. I had very little preparation, uh, for these because I didn't know I was going to be hosting for these until, uh, you know, six hours before. And then I was like, I'm going to go sleep so I can, you know, be up for this. So, uh, the next game that I hosted for was, uh, on Thursday night and it is Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. And, uh, so this is the Jet Set Radio uh, spiritual successor and uh, from 2023. It was a lot of people's favorite game from 2023. Uh, Storied ran it, but didn't really talk all that much. So Shovel Claws, Helix, and Brian Otto uh, spoke on the couch. Unfortunately, I think he uh, he had the music off and he didn't mean to have the music off. So the great music that's in Bomber Cyberpunk isn't in the VOD. Uh, so what happened here, though, and I'll kind of tell you what happened, and then I will play it for you, is I was told, because I do talk to the runners and we talk about things, they're like, okay, you're going to get a donation from this specific person, and we want you to read this donation at the donation break that happens roughly 11 minutes in. That's all they told me. I am I am completely, when when you hear this, know that, all I was told is that this person is going to donate, and we want that donation read specifically at the donation break we ask you at about 11 minutes in, and we're going to tell you we're about to go into dream one, and that's when they want it. And so at six minutes into the run, I get the donation. And I'm like, why? Why did they do this to me? And so I'm going to scrub to this, and I'm just going to let it play. Because I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of proud proud of it. Mike Deft was proud of it. Um, so this is uh, one of the donations that I got at uh, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. And let's see, I'm going to turn it up a little bit. And see. Also, small cutscene skip. Oh my god, we're going to have a friend in this cutscene. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to wait and like not actually play it uh, until until I can tell that they're about to tell me that this is about to happen. Um, Techlaw says, imagine how awkward it would have been if the donation didn't happen. Oh, we would have just rolled with it, but it, it happened. Um, so, uh, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, it, it has the cell shaded style, uh, that we, that, that you know from Jet Set Radio. Long cutscene, unfortunately. Okay, so here it is. <sighs> All right, uh, so we have a $50 donation from Splattypuss. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. They know who he is. <gasps> oh, boy. If it isn't my favorite part of the Bomb Rush Cyberfunk Any% percent speed run, it's right after the crew battle the Franks where we get some new sprays to use in the run as well as quick zip storage after we, after which we watch a scup scene to skip, skip a cutscene that goes into another cutscene followed by Nightmare 1. And then after that, we have another cutscene which then turns into a load screen. And after the load screen, is another cutscene which melts into a police cutscene that we skip. And then we play for four seconds to get the cell phone cutscene load into Versum Hill again to do the Milky Way skip and then get another cutscene. And then another cutscene where we load into Millennium Square again, which gives us another cutscene before we enter and then we are greeted with a load screen into a cutscene and then 
then we speak to the Eclipse ladies who give us a cutscene saying they won't talk to a man until we start a star cipher with call with Trice in a cell phone cutscene, hope for Bell RNG and skip the dance cutscene, talk to Eclipse ladies again as Bell for another cutscene that tells the player to go to the Brink Terminal so we can try to get a zip on our way to there into a load screen. And then once we arrive into the Brink Terminal, we skip it through two more cutscenes. Let's hit the dumpster to talk to Solas for his two cutscenes that we also skip. And that means we get to the Brink Terminal part of the run. That means Dog Percent is coming soon. <sighs> can I leave? No, wait, no, you can't. I'm our crowd, I want to really Our job is done. No. We don't need to commentate anymore. That makes this game sound really boring. It's not. I promise also, you. Even with all the okay. cutscenes. We have a anyway, trick to yeah, this is going to be ridiculous, by the way. Pay attention. <laughs> I actually don't even want to say anything right now. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, yeah. And uh, Mike Def's like, I could have gotten you the clip. I'm like, but the clip's only a minute long. And I wanted the stuff before and after it. Um, so, so yeah. So I was, that was a completely cold read. Uh, you're welcome. They didn't prepare me for what it was. I did not expect a wall of text. Uh, somebody else donated a wall of text later. I did not read it. Uh, so that was the fun part from that. Uh, and uh, Rob Roberts says, remember, if it don't say micro machines, it's not the real thing. Um, yeah. And uh, and yeah, and I think that is like almost like the whole game, like just given in that. But I, th I the way I kind of played it off is if I said it fast enough, you wouldn't be able to catch everything. So I'm not actually spoiling anything because I'm talking too fast. So that's what I, a lot of people remember uh, from the Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, at least in terms of what I was doing. So then the last day, um, we had uh, – I, I got switched over uh, because Lost Judgment got moved to the afternoon. So we started with Lies of P. And so Lies of P, it's, uh, it's a Souls-like. It's a Souls game. Because, of course, it is. Blanks is there uh, running it. Mitra's and Nico with a C is on the couch. I spent about an hour and a half with Blanks. It was Blanks' first time doing a speed run uh, on a stage. Like, not his first time doing a speed run, but, like, doing it on a stage, working with, like, uh, you know, a, a donation reader and things like that. Uh, this also has a lot of skips in it. And um, so, but what we were actually doing here really was uh, trying to push for incentives, and so this is when I got to be the annoying host because we actually had two uh, two incentives for Lost Judgment uh, that were very, very high. Plus, at the same time, the bonus game of Baldur's Gate 3 All Acts was also open at the same time. And so all my donations were about, let's get Baldur's Gate 3. Let's get Baldur's Gate 3. BG3. Put this towards BG3. We raised like $70,000 for Baldur's Gate 3 while I was on shift. And we needed 50000 for one of the incentives for Lost Judgment and 120000 for the other one. And all anybody's donating to is Baldur's Gate 3. So I'm like actually doing my very best to try to sell... Uh, the boss gauntlet in Lost Judgment and the Super Amon boss fight in Lost Judgment, doing my best to sell them without trying to step on the the uh, the runners. Um, and uh, Tyclaw does say there was a speed run that I saw, which was Elden Ring. There was no combat in it. That was a lot of zooming from uh, one place to another. Uh, that was actually run by Mitriz right before this run, and it was actually a bid war. You could bid between Elden Ring or Sekiro, and Mitriz actually wanted. Sekiro. Sekiro was actually the more interesting run, but there was no way it was going to beat Elden Ring. Um, so, uh, and Mahavik978 says, Baldur's Gate 3 really sapped Lost Judgment. And I will say this, you know, I, I love GDQ, but like, this happened last time to Lost Judgment. The boss gauntlet was uh, was like $100,000, but they opened up Resident Evil 
uh, one of the Resident Evil bonus games at the same time. And so all the donations went towards Resident Evil, and we didn't get the Boss Gauntlet there either. We've run Lost Judgment twice at AGDQ with the Boss Gauntlet incentive, and the Boss Gauntlet incentive didn't happen either time. Uh, so there was a little bit of frustration on my part, on, on Froob's part, but Liza P, uh, it, we, we ran through and talked to, you know, talked about the game and, and, uh, it was, it was, it was an interesting watch. It was a very interesting watch because I haven't played this game. I haven't, I, I heard it was a souls like, and I immediately checked out, even though I know, like, I remember the demo was out and everybody played the demo. Uh, but like the minute you said it's a souls like I'm, I'm out. So one of the things that they were able to do though is uh so there were two tech things they wound up doing that helped a lot and uh one of the things they did in away from other gdqs is they had dual stages which meant that they had two completely separate setups and what they basically didn't have the audio mixing equipment to be able to handle this but now they do have the audio mixing equipment to do it they did this at gdqx at twitchcon when i was at uh where i was at uh, so what this meant is those long setup times were basically obliterated. So now there was only 10, you know, five or 10 minutes between a run, which is always the goal. But in the past, one run would end, they would leave the stage, then they would start setting up the stage, and then you'd have all the tech problems. Now the next run comes up on stage 30 minutes before their run. They go through all the tech things, make sure everything works so they can go. But then they also did a thing called the checkpoint. And what the checkpoint was, was a crumple zone. If the marathon got behind because of like maybe estimates going long or tech issues, something like that, they could basically make the checkpoint, which they put as an hour on the schedule when they did the initial schedule, it, they could just skip it entirely. Just skip the checkpoint, let's go. And that brings an hour back on the schedule. But what wound up happening was they were actually ahead of schedule. They would actually be like a half hour ahead of schedule almost the entire time. So what they did was they were like, hey, we have these backup runs that are here for if, you know, if, if somebody gets sick, somebody pulls out, somebody can't do it, uh, let's bring some of them on. And so on the final day, we got Trapang 2 as, uh, as a, an added run on the checkpoint. So suddenly, instead of Lies of P and then a checkpoint and then Lost Judgment, now we had Trapang 2, which did also delay the marathon about an hour, like it set everything back an hour. But it was added runs, and this was this is a stealth action game with a heavy emphasis on the action, uh, made by a team of four people, uh, stealth action first person shooter thingy, uh, and it was it was it was interesting. It was it was interesting. I was once again pushing hard for Lost Judgment. Covert Muffin and Maxi Loves were on the couch, and uh, Covert Muffin, who's a fellow host, did me a solid. Also talked up the incentives, kind of helped me out there. Um, and this was, they added a couple bonus runs. They added like Whiplash. They added uh, Amigami, I think is the name of it. It was a real, it's, 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 a, it's an interesting, it's a weird game, but they're in prime time and it was great. Everybody loved it. And so uh, this was kind of one of the things that was different about this GDQ is instead of being like hours behind schedule, they were so ahead of schedule, they were adding content. Um, so uh, Havoc978 says, someone said in chat, we have fear at F-E-A-R at home. And this is what it is. So it does It does feel like uh, F-E-A-R, uh, fear. So uh, we did this, and then we did, uh, and then there was, like, some of the content of that they actually did a checkpoint. They had some interviews and stuff, so I was kind of sitting up there. It was a long shift. But then we had Lost Judgment, and we had my buddy Froob 
uh, DE Cosmic and Tapioca were on the couch. I was proud of the way that we started um, and what I did because I did a callback. Uh, so what Froob likes to do is he likes to kind of start off just as he's doing his intro, showing something that was uh, that to, to get people in. And there's a Shiba Inu attack in Lost Judgment. And Wait for it. And button. <laughs> and I bring in the button meme. Everybody loved it. Uh, and then we went into Lost Judgment. So we did actually get the Super Amon boss fight. We actually did get it. Uh, it was the $50,000 incentive. We only raised like $8,000 toward the $120,000 for the other, uh, for the boss gauntlet. But we got Super Amon and Baldur's Gate got met. Uh, I knew Baldur's Gate 3 would get met, but everybody wanted to donate to it early. Um, and, and get it out of the way, but it did finally get met, uh, and, uh, and lost judgment. It is, uh, you know, a lot of dudes bringing knives to a bicycle fight. Uh, this is the Cato files DLC. So it's not the actual main game. It is the Cato files. Cato is the other character, uh, that is not, uh, Yagami that you played in his lost judgment. He's kind of the sidekick. This is kind of his stuff, uh, his, uh, story about him. And, uh, and it, it was good. And uh, yes, I know that uh, I did a very heartfelt send-off to Froob. You can go watch that on the YouTube uh, VOD, which did go up pretty quickly. The The YouTube VODs were actually put up really quickly uh, and um, because uh, there's no more exclusivity. There's no more 24-hour. Uh, you have to wait 24 hours. So they basically were uploading everything to YouTube immediately when the run was over. Uh, so... You can actually find it uh, over on the YouTube channel. And if you go to the schedule over at Games Done Quick, you go to gamesdonequick.com slash schedule, you can go through the schedule, and they actually have the link to the YouTube right there. Uh, so uh, it was uh, so a lot of things about this event were really w well done. Uh, they did a lot of great things with it. The vibe was a lot better. Uh, it really does feel like this is kind of a new era for Games Done Quick, and I wasn't there for the first era. And I don't know if, like, the second era is considered the pandemic era or something, which is when I would have come in. But a lot of people there feel like this is, like, GDQ 3.0. This is the third era of GDQ. There are uh, kind of different people in charge. Um, different people, like, especially, like, on the volunteer side, we're getting a little bit of turnover and getting new fresh faces uh, coming in. And it really, I felt positive. And one of the, other, one of the things to know is that even they kind of see that because... If you watch the GDQ credits, if you're somebody that actually stays through and watches more than just the runs and you're actually like in the community and you're in the credits, uh, you watch the credits for the longest time. They the credits had this like slow, somber, somber, beautiful song I from Chrono Trigger. Uh, and, and it's uh, and, and, you know, it's kind of the sadness that it's over. And what they did this year is the credits were had an upbeat feel. It was very upbeat. It was, and they announced Summer Games Done Quick is going to be June 30th to July 7th in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And it's like, we're, we, and like the big thing that everybody was saying is we are back. We are so back. Now, they only raised 2.5 million only. It's still like the, one of the biggest fundraising events for PCF uh, of the year. But, you know, yes, they raised like 3.3, 3.6 million in the pandemic years. Uh, but, I think they realize that unlike capitalism, uh, what capitalism dictates, growth, exponential growth and constant growth is a recipe for disaster. And if they can continue raising in the, you know, 2.5 million somewhere around there for charities, it's going to be just fine. And they kind of realize that the sense I get is they kind of realize that they're not going to get 
four million anymore. Like that, they're they're not the economy's not there for that. Uh, and, and, and frankly, you know, I think like the problem that they're running into, which is why they're doing things like the dog gyro might run and the drum percent on super Mario 64 is that speed runs are no longer very novel to the general gamer. When I started watching, uh, when I started watching GDQ, it was like, oh my God, I've never seen this before. Well, now I've seen super Metroid beat uh, any percent types of ways. I've seen Mario 64 multiple times. I've seen, uh, you know, Final Fantasy games multiple times. So now having some showcases and trying to do that, that's probably what will drive more growth because, like, we've all now seen the speedruns. It's no longer a novel thing anymore. Um, one of the things they did that was actually really impressive was not a speedrun. It was, I believe it was Resident Evil 2. It was by Carcinogen. And uh, it was actually a hardcore, no no damage run an hour and a half run of the game one hit kill hardcore mode no save states no checkpoints if you died you died game over it's over made it through the entire thing actually beat the game never taking a single hit it was it was and you know, carcinogen popped off ran into the crowd it was amazing um and so, you know, doing that and like they've had the rhythm game showcases in the past. And I think that's where GDQ might need to go if they really want to try to get mainstream attention. Uh, but I think it's, it's sustainable as it is, but I don't know if they're like really needing to quote unquote grow. GDQ as a company does have other avenues that they're trying to grow. Uh, and, um, you know, you start you're going to start seeing. Uh, basically, they're 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 a production company. Like that's uh, GDQ is not a charity. Games Done Quick itself is not a charity. They put on events for charities. They produce events for charities, but they can also produce events for other companies. Um, so uh, Steam Next Fest. If you've ever seen Steam Next Fest, that is actually a Games Done Quick production. That's why they use a lot of Games Done Quick personalities on it. It's because they're literally producing it for Valve. Valve is not producing that in-house. Games Done Quick is. Uh, so they want to do more things like that, and that's how the company is going to grow. It doesn't necessarily mean that Awesome Games Done Quick and Summer Games Done Quick necessarily need to grow and have larger donation totals. Uh, they're actually do having other avenues to grow the company. So, uh, And so Dark Soccer even says, not, not so much grow, but to just, uh, uh, diversify. And they've actually, like, Games Done Quick actually has year-long content. They have content every night on their channel. That's what the hotfix stuff is. And that's their production arm. And so, and they're also doing production for other things. They produced thing at TwitchCon. Uh, so they're, they're trying to do more of that type of stuff. The Cuso Grande Live stuff that I, was, uh, that I told you that I hosted, that's actually a Games Done Quick production. We had to follow kind of their rules, and they're going to go and take it and make it something presentable uh, with the, the stuff that they had done with us. So... Uh, so, uh, it, there's a lot of positivity and I'm not going to, and I'm gonna, not going to lie. There wasn't that much positivity six mo seven months ago when, uh, you know, SGDQ 2023 wrapped, it was not, we, we didn't have all the rosy feelings. Uh, we had, we had, we definitely had some, but we, because we, that one, we struggled to raise like 2.3 million. Uh, and it was at a weird time. It was earlier. Uh, and you know, the, the old guard, some of the, some of the changes hadn't gone into effect yet. It was very late. The finale was at six in the morning when it was supposed to be at midnight. There were six hours behind schedule. Uh, and, and the vibe here was a lot better. And so I, uh, look forward to auditioning in March 
for uh, SGDQ 2023, which does start on June 30th. And it's going to be in Minneapolis. Don't know exactly where in Minneapolis, uh, but it is going to be in Minneapolis on that week. So uh, normally I um, I uh, talk, uh, I take a music break, uh, you know, so I can rest my voice. Uh, so I'm not talking for an hour straight, but I talked an hour straight. Uh, also, I can take calls over Discord. I'm not doing that tonight uh, because, uh, like I said, I am... Uh, I've been uh, I'm a little behind schedule. I do not have the dual stage set up, unfortunately, because uh, coming up next here on the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash Vogue Network is Orange Lounge Radio is three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do. They'll actually talk about the news this week. They'll actually talk about things that are coming out because you know what? Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth is coming out this week. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Sacramento, are you there? Uh, we are here, and and why uh, why are they picking the streamers they're picking to promote that game? We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight on OLR because you know, know you work with a pretty prolific yeah. uh, series streamer, and I uh, don't know why. Maybe because he was busy this week. I don't know, but uh, it, it he's sense. not. And and you know, to kind of like and and you can listen to OLR to hear like specific names, uh, and because I he that came out and I talked to him about it, and he's like, he's not big enough for what they're looking yeah, for, but know, there but. are other big name streamers that do like the Like a Dragon series that he believes would have been a better, uh, better fit than mm-hmm. the person they chose who has gone on record saying he doesn't like the series in the exactly. past. Exactly, yeah, not, so, not a great matchup there. Yeah. So uh, do, do your research, social media, you know, outreach folks. So. But, but hey, I mean, the money's there, so I think he's going to like it now. <laughs> he was paid to like it. Yep. So, uh, what did you wa- What did you watch uh, from GDQ? Did you watch any? Did you were you able to catch any of it? Because I, I know saw, you've been I busy. Did see, I you had the extra runs yes. after the show, so I saw some of that. I saw the and I already forgot the name. I'm sorry. The first game that was Time the, split. Like, with the, all the funny map yeah. kind of breaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I saw a little bit of that, and uh, I did. I watched your tribute because I I heard through the grapevine about it. Uh, so I wanted to see your tribute. So I watched mm-hmm. the YouTube stuff. So that was great that the YouTubes were up right away. Mm-hmm. So that was a nice little change this year. Yeah, uh, because of Twitch's obviously policy on the yeah. streaming. So that was that was great that I was able to go back and look at that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're they're still partnered with Twitch. So like Mm -hmm. in terms of like and more than just a Twitch partner, but like actually contractually and they've got additional consideration, which is why they don't multi stream. They don't restream, even though they could Mm -hmm. now. Uh, They're still trying to, I think, figure out and I don't have any details on this at all, but I'm sure there's probably some contractual agreements between GDQ and Twitch more than what a traditional Twitch partner would have, which is why. They're not, sure. like, restreaming to YouTube. Uh, but also, like, they've got to have an extra set of chat moderators. And th- that's more volunteers that they're probably looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, the the experience of being there live and in the chat and getting to participate in the memes and all that, it, it's a big part of it. So it would, uh, it would be difficult if that diversified into multiple plat- platforms. Um, because it would be very weird if maybe a meme took off on Twitch that didn't take off on YouTube or whatever assumable alternatives there would be. So I, I still like the way it's set up, um, that you still kind of have the Twitch for live. And yeah. it's almost like how these shows are set up. You have Twitch yeah. for live and then the podcast feed for yep. those that can't make it live. So uh, what news did I miss? I do know, <laughs> I believe there was like a developer direct or something from Xbox. That's the only thing I like actually remember. What yeah, else Microsoft- did I miss this week? 
Microsoft dropped dropped a lot of news uh, this week, but I'm going to tell you, Bobby, and we'll talk about this at the top of the show tonight. There's a game that came out of nowhere that has dominated the conversation this weekend, and for both good and bad reasons. It's a game called Pal World. Okay, yeah. A lot of people are a lot of people are calling it. It's a Pokemon knockoff. It's not really a Pokemon game. We'll talk a little bit about that, but. Um, there's there's accusations that they're using AI because of some of the things that the CEO has said. And there's definitely um, there's definitely the, a question mark of where is that line between a legally distinct separate idea? And usually, Bobby, th- these type of copy paste games are like nothing new. They're never this smooth. And that's the wild thing about this game. And I think I saw the greatest review over on Blue Sky. Shout out to Blue Sky, by the way, Bobby. Yeah. I caught, I heard about that too. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I caught this, uh, somebody saying this on Blue Sky is that it had no right to be as smooth as it is, basically. Uh, and so the whole thing is very fascinating. So we're going to talk about that at the top of the show. But it's, it's really been dominating the conversation this weekend. I think people are really eager to hear our takes on it. And I want to hear all your takes on it as well. And I believe it's on Game Pass, right? It is on Game Pass, and that makes it very easy to try. In fact, 3 million people have jumped in, uh, wow. I'm assuming, between Game Pass and uh, Steam. So, All right. Pretty crazy. I, I, that may be something I, I pick up now, or look at now before Infinite Wealth comes out, obviously. Yes, I was going to say Infinite Wealth, and then, yeah. Uh, but also listen out for some of these controversies. You yeah. may be very curious, because yeah. there's some people that are taking a very anti-stance and kind of want to weigh all those perspectives tonight. Yep. Uh, so, uh, awesome. Orange Lounge Radio is up next. Anything else you want to ta- uh, mention that you're going to be talking about tonight? Um, Loki's not here, so stay tuned for mm-hmm. something a little different. Ooh. Orange Lounge Radio is up next here at the Voice of Geeks Network. Thanks so much, Rob. Thanks as always, Bobby. So, uh, that is it for me. I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Network. Come join us and interact with the show directly. Uh, so you can find me on uh, various social media platforms, including Blue Sky, which I did actually get a donation from somebody who was on Blue Sky. So I got to read it and they're like, Blue Sky was mentioned on GDQ. And I'm like, yes, I picked that on purpose. So yeah. So, yes, I do get discretion on what I can pick. And uh, I don't I, I kind of I learned later who it was. It wasn't anybody that listened to this show. So it's not like I broke any rules. But I was like, hey, they mentioned Blue Sky. I'm going to mention Blue Sky. Uh, and so that was co- that was cool. So I am on Blue Sky at BobbyBlackWolf.com. So not BobbyBlackWolf.BSky.Social. I actually have it going with BobbyBlackWolf.com. But I'm also at BobbyBlackWolf just about everywhere else. Uh, I may be posting some of these videos up to TikTok, uh, my TikTok account. And now that I've pulled them down to my machine, I can kind of edit them here. Uh, because I didn't use my phone to take the videos. I used my actual camcorder, but I can save them in TikTok format. And so I may be posting some of those behind-the-scenes stuff up to my TikTok this week. Um, you can also find us on our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. Uh, and uh, that's uh, and talk to me during the week. And we will be back next Sunday night talking about the news. I'll probably talk about Infinite Wealth. I'll pro- uh, Maybe I'll talk about the, the, the Pokemon with gun games that everybody's talking about. I don't know. And, uh, and yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, hit the button here to see if this still works. There it is. All right. Uh, so I will see you next week. Please be good to each other. Thank you so much. If you came here from GDQ, maybe I'll see you next week. And uh, actually, actually, one thing I forgot. I forgot something because I always I was. See, it's been two weeks since I've done this. So I faked you out on the outro. I faked you out um, because I want to see if anybody. Yeah, actually. So, uh, hey, if you like the show. 
all you people who maybe came in from GDQ. If you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone. The show is not for everybody. I understand that. But it may be for somebody who doesn't know about it yet. But I do want to thank the people who went above and beyond with their support. You being here is all I ask for. But thank you so much, Mike Deft, for your resubscription, as well as Orange Right to your resubscription to our Twitch channel. Thank you so much for that. Now I'm going to hit the button. There we go. See, I can stop it and start it. And uh, that was a little checkpoint there, I guess. All right. Thank you so much for your support. Hooray! I'll see you next week. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.